Tim was deeply drawn to military tactics while growing up, becoming fascinated by Napoleon Bonaparte's story of conquering Europe and the versatility of Sunzi's art of war. Tim discovered that these principles could be applied to various aspects of life, including negotiation and running a successful business. Inspired by Napoleon's sense of urgency, such as only spending 10 minutes on lunch and mastering speed reading, Tim also adopted these lessons in his own life. With newfound determination, Tim completed one of the most challenging programs at the University of Toronto in under three years. And after graduation, he attended Stanford to study Greek etymology. It wasn't long before he embarked on an entrepreneurial journey, founding Remote Kitchen to empower restaurants to achieve digital transformation. So far, Tim's startup has successfully raised pre-seed funding from Ginkgo Capital, setting them on a path of explosive growth. In this conversation, we delved into Tim's interests in military tactics and history, his views on sales and project management, and his approach to life, among other topics. Please enjoy this fascinating discussion with Tim, a young entrepreneur who has taken lessons from the past and applied them to create a bright future for himself and others. First of all, um, Tim, really happy that you're here. Um, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, so I think last time we talked, um, we were introduced by a new true friend, uh, and then he was telling me that you know, he had a lot of respect for you. Um, you finished college in three years. Um, and then um, uh, you were at the time going to the U.S. Um, to do a startup. So um, let's start there. I'm very curious, uh, how did you do college in three years? And why was it uh, your goal to get it done in three years rather than four or five? Okay. So I think in my own opinion, um, so what I think is that because I think the life opportunity are very precious. So really relying, uh, like relying solely on the knowledge learned uh, in school is too limited. So instead, I think the true meaning lies in the knowledge that can be applied to work. That's why I don't want to spend too much time in the university. Uh, second thing is that, uh, is that about my work attitude. So I think uh, never postpone until tomorrow for what can be done today and never postpone for three months for what can be done within one month. So we need to move fast. Okay, cool. And um, do, do you mind like letting me know more on where did you get those uh, mentality from? So you mentioned get it done today. Don't drag it to four months. You can get it done in three. Is there any inspiration that you got or anything that you um, that impacted you? Yeah, uh, I think uh, not Elon Musk, not Jack Ma. I think Napoleon Bonaparte inspired me the most <laughs> because I read uh, his uh, autobiography for three times. I think. Uh, he's someone who is doing like that, and I really uh, so his mentality really inspired me. So that makes me think in that way. Yeah. Sorry, who Napoleon? Yeah, Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, interesting. Um, but when did you start reading about Napoleon? Uh, I started reading about Napoleon when I was around seventeen, eighteen. Seventeen. Okay. What? What? Why? Why? What got you interested? Uh, what got my interest? Yeah, because I think what he did is uh, bring lots of contribution to the world. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, and uh, so you start reading the autobiography and you read it three times. Yeah. What 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 are the few points that really um, attracted your attention or you know sparked your interest? You mean Napoleon Bonaparte? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, the great achievement he did uh, in France and to Europe. So basically, he's the first one throughout the last 300 years who once unified Europe altogether. Yeah, and he's a very genius uh, military leader <laughs> in terms of uh, fighting the enemy with a very limited uh, amount of the troops. Yeah, but but, uh, but but right now, I think in this era, what I can do is, uh, yeah, I'm only doing business, so it's like different field. But I mean, his mentality really inspired me. That's the truth. Okay. Um, can you give me some example of, you know, the some of his mentality to have the biggest impact on you. Yeah, for example, yeah. Um, uh, there are too many examples. One example is that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when he was in the battlefield, uh, he don't eat lunch or he eat lunch oh. in 10 minutes. Okay, like second, 10 minutes, yeah, okay. second example, he's a speed reader. He uh, When he traveled to Egypt, he tried to conquer the north part of uh, Africa. And he was keep reading. It's like uh, he can read like two to five books a day. Yeah, that oh. why, that's why it make me interesting in uh, learning Greek etymology in Stanford, because uh, my first language, my mother language is Mandarin. Um, mm. Living in the U.S. Uh, sorry, living in North America, I think I also need to read more uh, book writing in English. So understand Greek etymology will. Uh, help me to make English also as my mother language so I can read faster. This is my, this is what I'm continuously improving on. Right now, uh, doing this startup for Remote Kitchen, uh, I'm extremely busy. So later on, once I earn the first million, hopefully, and then I'm going to uh, invest lots of my personal time into self-improvement. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, let, let's go back to the uh, speed reading and uh, and uh, eating lunch part. Have you implemented that in your life? No, uh, I don't eat lunch every day. Yeah, I, I probably you, only you, eat. Uh, I probably only eat on Wednesday or and Thursday. So what I'm eating? Uh, yeah, where's? So what I'm eating is this. So right now, for lunch, I only eat this because I. What is this? Yeah, this is something just put in the water and the. So help me, don't make me too hungry. So uh, the reason I don't eat lunch is not only because Napoleon Bonaparte part, it's also because right now, um, right now it like, I mean, I mean I'm mean i too busy. And also when I finish my lunch, it make me very really tired. So impact mm. efficiency in the afternoon. So right now I only eat uh, breakfast and uh, dinner. Yeah. Uh, That's not healthy. I, uh, yeah, I don't think other people want to learn from me. It's not good. Okay, uh, but but it helps you uh, to increase your efficiency and save you time. Yes, yes. That's, okay, um, and, and in terms of speed reading, uh, I, I know there's a lot of techniques that, that can help you read really fast. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, you mentioned that learning more on Egypt, um, a Greek uh, uh, etymology can help you read faster. Is that the, the primary goal of you learning? A more on Greek etymology yeah, to know more about English. Yeah, yeah, that's the main goal for me to learn uh, Greek etymology. Yeah. Uh, okay. How, how also, that... speed reading is not just learning about Greek etymology. It is also like uh, have many technique, and you, you need to continuously improve every uh, practice every day. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. reduce the sub vocalization when you read the book. You should not uh, like to speak inside your uh, 
inside your mind, right? And also, it is very important for you to practice read groups of words, increase your uh, uh, vocabulary. Increase vocabulary can can begin from learning a Greek etymology, and uh, also you need to use a pacer, for example, use a finger or pen to guide your eyes as you read. There's a few techniques uh, outside of the learning Greek etymology. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. The reason we need to read more books uh, is because right now I'm doing remote kitchen, right? So this is a right. based company and we are using AIGC, which is the uh, AIGC, which is like ChatGPT, all those stuff. And we are doing the virtual brands, but uh, this is only the first step. In the future, when we are expanding our business, uh, expand, like we want to do more cross-selling, stepping into the new file of, uh, field in the business world, we also need to have lots of knowledge in that area before we move into that. So this can be yeah. gained from conversation and also can be gained from the reading, uh, the news, reading the books. And also, uh, it's also very important for us to, uh, so for example, we're doing IT company. We also need to some have knowledge uh, in terms of the programming, uh, understand how the, uh, uh, the, the, the technical side, so we can make the correct uh, business decision. And also while doing this startup, I also realized that, um, so I am learning new knowledge every day. For example, by doing the remote kitchen, before that, I don't know what is the ARR, what is the UE model. And those are very important in terms of convincing venture capitalists to invest in you. So I built everything myself and I uh, focusing on what's the most important thing for now. Yeah, and also mm. about building the project management system, link model, um, all those things I cannot really learn from the university. I I, I attended right. before, even I got a 4.0, is not, uh, this is not what they are teaching. So for those applicable knowledge, I can only gain it from the real practice and learning from something outside the textbook. Hmm. Interesting. I, I, th I think you're um, pointing out a really good thing because um, there, there's one thing that Naval Ravakam mentioned is that, you know, if uh, the God right now strip away all your skills or abilities mm -hmm. um, and you can only keep one, what is the one skill that you'd like to keep? Uh, and his answer is oh, uh, okay. learning. So if you are talking about scale, then it's, uh, then, yeah, then it's learning ability. Yeah, learning ability. And I think it makes sense that you, because um, reading is learning. I think it's it's really good form of learning like there you can uh, you know learn from reading talking to people like you or you know or listening to podcasts or books mm -hmm. but i think speed reading can increase your efficiency of learning so th that is a really good way to you know to optimize for and you know optimize your learning so so that you can um, do things really quick and make great decisions uh, uh, yeah but this is only one uh one part um another part mm -hmm. uh, in order to increase your knowledge because you are, we, we should not just increase the knowledge. We also need to make it apply to what we're doing right now. So in terms True. of make it applicable, um, we should also write something, uh, right. Okay. Just reading. Right. So mm. my plan is that right now I'm 22. So, um, this year I'm putting all my efforts into this startup. If I, if fortunately I succeed, I will have lots of time. Uh, so my goal is that whatever happened, I will finish writing at least one book before I turn into 25. Yeah. So inside reading also, we need to write and the mm, wow. thinking scale. Yeah.
Okay, I think that's a good point. I've I've heard a lot of people from uh, telling me that writing is also important. Yep. So why why is the writing important to you, and why do you think you know, uh, like you said, learning is not only the point; it's also to apply it. Why do you think writing can help you to apply it? Um, so I think uh, writing. Um, so for example, when we are writing something, we also need to do some research. Simply just reading a whole book, we just learning everything, but probably like. But probably eighty percent of knowledge is useless. But when we are writing something, we're actually developing our critical thinking skill, and we are reading something only that is can be contributed for the content that we wrote. And second reason is that um, when we are writing something, we are leaving some uh, asset to the world. So later on, the other young people and they can learn from what we wrote. If we succeed one day, it will be an invaluable asset. Ah. Yeah. Interesting.、Uh, and the、uh, third、uh, reason is that、um, I think writing can also help us to self-control, to calm down. So every day we have a time to 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 write something, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And and、um, you mentioned you want to write a book before you're twenty-five. Yeah. Do you have any like initial ideas of what you want to write yeah, about? I already decide the the title, and also I already finished all the outline for this book already. Right now, I just、uh, oh. I gotta okay, prepare more content later when I have more time. Yeah. Okay. You, so basically,、uh, like, can you share a little bit? Yes. Yes. So the title of the book is the military tactic comparison between East Asia and、uh, Europe through our last three hundred years. Oh.、Yeah. Okay. I'm very interested in military tactic,、um, but、uh, because before when I decide to、uh, do startup, actually my dream is that. Uh, I want to join the army,、uh, but the thing is that right now the reality,、uh, I cannot really join army easily.、Um, so that's why、uh, I decided to do the business. But however, the reason I write, I, I study military tactic is also because I think the application of the、uh, military tactic, for example, the Sun Tzu art of war, can be vast and can be used in various fields such as business and politics and.、Um, Um, but、uh, but I think、uh, at the, at the time that、I、pursued the career in business, it will be very beneficial for this, since the principle behind the art of war and military tactic can be equally applicable、uh, in the business environment, comparable to the battlefield.、Mm. Can can you give me some example? I'm very curious how 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 you know what are some things that's applicable from Sun's art of war to for example to one quote.、Uh, actually, I memorize fifty、uh, percent of the Sun's art of war. Okay, so、oh, one okay. one quote I I really like is that、um, so the importance、um, so so I think the most skilled、uh, warriors are those who can achieve their objective without resorting to direct contact. So what that means is that instead instead of、uh, just sending the troop to fight with them、um, directly, we can use deception,、uh, psychological warfare, and other tactics to weaken the,、uh, the enemy's、uh, resolve and with、uh, and win the battle without bloodshed. Yeah. Oh, okay.、Mm-hmm. How, how does that apply to business? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to apply it very soon, but、uh, I believe this will be my competitor, so I cannot tell right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, if you were to use analogy, what is bloodshed and what is you know just 
um, negotiation and the coming to a common ground. I went went for both sides. So I mean, uh, instead of using this directly to competitor, uh, we we don't want to hurt people. To uh, first of all, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> don't want to hurt people. Um, I mean, yeah. this can the application field can be vast. So for example, when I uh, negotiating with the VC right now, I'm in the process of closing two point five million. Uh, hopefully in March. So 2.5 million, I'm betting with them. So, um, so the strategy, the tactic we're doing fundraising, we should not just directly for 2.5 million. We should also put on the table for what we can bring to the venture capitalist. They are businessmen. They are also calculating. So I bet with them, uh, with the ARR and through VAM agreements, right? So like this is, uh, I'm, I'm fighting the battle and I'm continuously negotiating with them for a better deal. Mm. Okay. What what are some negotiation tactics that you use? Because yeah. I think negotiation is really about what information can you get from the opponent. I think that's also a big part of that Swinzi's uh, art word talk about, which um, is knowing your component <laughs> and uh, you will have more chances of winning. So yeah. I think negotiation is a good representation of that because if you know more about information on what your um, VC venture capital is looking for, yeah. you can um, uh, target your speech or pitch more um, towards what they're looking for. So you, you, and your chances of getting a better deal increases. Yeah. So basically for um, the ARR, so for early age startup, the VC, they're only focusing on the AR, which, which is annual recurring revenue. Um, but mm -hmm. once the company gets into IPO, they're focusing on uh the net profits so they are gambling with the net profits right now we are signing vm agreements uh in terms of the sales growth and the arr okay so uh i already get what is vm agreement if you can explain uh, okay, VAM agreement is evaluation and adjustment mechanism so if we didn't hit some specific goal then our equity will be diluted oh okay yeah so this is uh some scale uh like uh, vastly utilized in mainland China. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't actually heard of it in North America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think U.S. are yeah. American are also smart. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like ChatGPT, they're so, also doing. Um, they are using some similar approach, but I'm a little bit differentiated from them. ChatGPT, when they're doing their fundraising, uh, I think okay. uh, investing by Microsoft, right? And yeah. Uh, Basically, for the net income, they 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 guarantee Microsoft to break even first, and earn around fifteen billion. I remember. So, and afterwards, uh, they will ask Microsoft to quit and they uh, become a non-profit company. So, like this is some uh, tactic that we utilize, and we can also learn from some American firm. They use some similar strategy like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. I, uh, can you you know tell me more about? The deal between Microsoft and uh, ChatGPT. I'm not sure if it's publicly available. Mm -hmm. um, the the deal. Um, yeah. How, how did you know about that? And and uh, if you don't want to tell me more. Uh, so uh, the way I I, I I learned about this is uh, of course by reading, right? So we oh, know, okay. uh, the fact uh, by the news and by reading, and also by our own research skill in order to determine whether it is fake or or truth, right? So I think yeah, um, yeah basically what. Ch like there's like, like, like the agreement they sign, I think is, um, Microsoft, they invest billions of dollars and, um, yeah. And the, for the, so basically at the beginning, the founder of chat GPT, they don't really earn anything from the right. dividend. 
Yeah, and mm -hmm. afterwards, once the ChatGPT earned around 15 billion, I, I believe, and those 15 billion will uh, give to Microsoft directly. And after oh. Microsoft quit and the ChatGPT, they will, um, uh, all the profit will come into ChatGPT. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but in okay. my own opinion, ChatGPT is just the beginning. Right now, right now, I am, uh, ChatGPT is my good partner, but I mean, later on, there will be many other companies even better than ChatGPT. So what ChatGPT is doing right now is for uh, about directly uh, generating new image uh, and also interacting with the AI uh, model of the text. Um, but the thing is that later on, when you put some text in the ChatGPT or other companies software, they should directly build you an application. Okay, mm -hmm. right now, uh, what chapter is doing right now is only the beginning. So for example, the yeah. project management model I built, I was utilizing ChatGPT for giving me the code. But the next step is that what I put in ChatGPT will just automatically build the whole system for me. Through uh -huh. the 100, 200 words I, I, I typed, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that that's gonna be very crazy because the, the the cost of um, high intellectual labor will go to zero, so you don't really need any coders anymore. Yeah. All you need is that the tool and you telling them what to do. Yes. Um, they will handle a lot of stuff. It's it's gonna be very crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah. So going back to um, after you graduating, so um, you mentioned that you're going to the U.S. to start your business. So uh, let's wind back. So um, actually, once you finish your... Uh, actually, yeah. uh, the company wasn't established in U.S. Right now, the remote kitchen is not established in U.S. yet. I'm going to oh, okay. I will tell you the story behind this, okay? So first of all, um, after I finished my study in UFT, I got the opportunity to, uh, for exchange student in Stanford. Um, and the reason I go to Stanford actually is not primarily for looking for investment, but for self-improvement. But however, oh, okay. I think being in Stanford and living in Palo Alto, which is Silicon Valley, has given me a clearer and a better understanding how the fast-growing company, such as the AI and the SaaS company, that's helped me to decide that I should do remote kitchen as the next step. Um, mm, so okay. what remote kitchen right now is doing is um, we are helping all the restaurants achieve digital transformation. And what those SMBS, which is small and medium uh, restaurant owner, they don't really understand uh, how to utilize those food delivery platform in order to maximize their delivery through digital marketing, uh, through improving their image content and uh, and their uh, through creating virtual brands. Okay, so uh, this is something that I can do. I save their time, I save their money because I don't charge any restaurant any money at the beginning. What I do mm. is that. I only earn the money of the incremental sales I help them achieve. Okay, and the, the, the money I earn is also not from the pockets of restaurant owner. I mark up price by 10%. So it's from the consumer side. So I don't impact any benefit from the restaurant owner. They are like my supplier. Okay, so this is uh, what I'm doing right now. And uh, another reason why, um, so this is the reason why I start Remote Kitchen. Um, and, and also I, right now I, I'm in Vancouver, uh, and I will go okay. to us very soon. So this time I re returned to 
Vancouver, actually the, the real purpose for me is to visit my dad. But by chance, I secured an investment from the venture capital firms called Ginkgo Capital. There, therefore, I must finish my MVP and uh, my responsibility obligation in this place. Okay, after I settle down everything, then I will go back to US, which is the place I plan to apply for permanent residency. Okay. Yeah, that's basically my uh, what I'm going to do next. Okay, so walk me through the process. So you went to uh, US, uh, attended uh, you know school in in Stanford. Uh, what what was the um, instance or the, the the event that motivated you to start Remote Kitchen specifically? How did you know this problem um, that you you are convinced enough to start a business on? Yeah, um, actually, studying in Stanford doesn't really give me too much business idea. Um, okay. I went there just for study. So what gave me more idea is that um, after I finished studying in Stanford, I was traveling around San Francisco, uh, sure. Los Angeles, and I attended many conference. So mm. tech conference. And through, uh, through those conference, I understand what's the trend of 2022 and 2023. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. How did you understand the trend and what are the trends? Uh, trend will definitely be uh, to be, uh, so to business, uh, SaaS company and AI. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. So we are looking and for uh, the business model that is not require lots of heavy capital investment. We're looking for high high growth, light, capi uh, light capital uh, investment. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is what we're looking for. The venture capital, yep. they are not uh, investing in 2C business. Okay, they are only investing in 2, uh, 2B because um, 2C, the success rate of 2C business will be very hard. So for example, doing a building uh, uh, delivery platform like Hungry Panda, Uber Eats, again, in 2020 will be very hard. Hmm. Yeah, they require lots of capital investment in terms of uh, building the driver team, very costly. Yeah. Um, and, and what, what made you decided to work on this industry specifically? Um, oh, okay. the restaurant industry? Uh, because, when I, uh, because in 2019, when I was 19 years old, um, so I, I did a company in China is called, uh, in Chinese name is Wuhan Shandian Kuaida. Okay. So okay. that in that business, I earned some money. So the AR for that company is a million uh, RMB. Okay. It's not, it's nothing, but I mean, at that age, uh, at least I, I have some experience in that industry. So that's why also bring me the confidence. But right now the business model is completely different because what I'm doing before right. in China is that I charge the upfront cost to the merchants. So they need to pay me 1,000 to 2,000 RMB at the beginning. So um, I am very good at, so before my skill, uh, my best skill is the sales team management. So I build a call that's center cool. and this is what I do. I close many deals, okay, but the issue is that I cannot really help the majority of my clients to improve their sales. Oh. So right now I changed my business model completely. If I cannot improve their sales, it means I earn no money at all. Okay. Okay. Okay, and um, um, tell me more about the, the previous business you, uh, you did, the, uh, the delivery uh, business in China. And then how did you build an uh, entire sales team? It's not delivery business. So before uh, oh, okay. I did in China, you know, in China, the biggest uh, food delivery platform is Meituan and uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those company, um, this is delivery business. 
what I'm doing is that I'm helping restaurant restaurant to gain more sales, more exposure, okay. higher conversion rate on those platforms because I totally mm -hmm. we're familiar with the all the algorithm and technique behind it. And uh, okay. this is what I'm doing. That's why I charge them upfront costs. So I help them to improve their image, uh, description, promotion. So this is what I what I did before. And right now, uh, what I'm doing right here is that I'm building new virtual brands through my technology. And also, I can also improve their brick and mortar store sales online too, by using the same methodology. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then how did you build such a, you know, big sales team at the time? Okay. What was your some takeaways? Okay. So building a big sales team is very similar in terms of managing an army because everybody is money incentive. Okay. So you need sure. to, uh, first of all, when you're training the army, you need to let the soldier get familiar with the equipment, with the weapon. Okay. So in that case, it is corresponding to when we are building a code call center, we have to make sure we establish all the CRM system, sales mm. pipe drive, all those stuff. And uh, we yeah. have to also like in the, in the army, the soldier, they need to practice Kung Fu every day. Right? So in the, right. <laughs> in the sales center, they are going to familiar with the sales scripts and continuously improving. Sure. So uh, yeah. I designed a very good system. Uh, so in, right now in my current company, my cost control in terms of the sales team is very good. Okay. Uh, mm. I probably should not reveal the number, uh, in yeah. podcast, but it's very good. It is the, uh, so even Funtuan and Hungry Panda, they cannot, uh, did as well as us. And right now per person in my company, we close 0.8 deals per day. So we sign contract with the restaurant owner. 0.8 restaurant owner per person. Okay. Per person, per mm. 0.8. Okay. So continuously improving on the sales scripts. This is only first step though, because there are many people in your sales team. They might even do better than yourself. So for me, my, ah. I'm good, very good at sales, but the things that I just build a team and later on, I have to focus on other parts throughout the time. There will be many talents. They can even do better than you. Okay. In that case, you have to listen to their ideas and also to see whether their sales scripts, uh, has a higher conversion rate than your original scripts. If that's the case, then you have to apply to the whole company. Okay. And then you have to get them promoted. And once there are some top sales, they get promoted, then form a team, team A, B, C, and they are competing with each other. And, uh, and that's how we build the sales team. Uh, very similar to, mm. to, to building an army, even though I don't have any experience in army, but I read throughout the books. So I, I know. Okay. And how did you build this first uh, sales script yourself? How did you get good at sales in the beginning? Uh, how I get good at sales. I think first of all, it's about your personality. Uh, you mm. have to be very approachable and you don't need to, you, you, you should not be shy. Okay. And the second thing is that, uh, everything needs to be standardized. So what do you, and, and also you have to follow a certain procedure, for example, in the sales pipeline, first of all, cold call, reaching out to the uh, doorkeeper and then find the KP and book a demo and close deal. There's a conversion rate between each. You have to continuously monitoring those conversion rate and improving them. So for sales management is not the um, biggest trouble that I'm facing with. I'm uh, doing pretty well on this part. But I think the main difficulty in this business is about 
the efficiency in terms of the post-sales team. Because right now we close too much deals, so uh, our post-sales team need, needs to move faster and deliver better quality. So this is strongly relying on the project management system that we built. Mm, okay. Uh, and uh, the traditional project yeah. management system uh, is, I cannot use in this business model because what they do is that they are just using the Google Docs, uh, Google Microsoft Excel sheet, uh, and they are delivered from department to another department. So, for example, the Canadian government, their efficiency is very slow uh, because they are using the physical paper and documents to transfer by, uh, between yeah. documents. That's why before when I apply for any card, a health card, take like two, three months. But the thing yeah. right now we're building a database. So within this database oh. is based on SQL. And the, in this case, we can, I already finished uh, 70 automation bots in this project management system. So that's why we can uh, have a greater efficiency compared with traditional project management approach. And I think that's the key uh, uh, advantage of the company. How, how did you uh, came up with the idea of, you know, we want to build more uh, virtual brand for the restaurant? Is it because you feel like uh, the, the trend is trending towards uh, restaurants getting their own customers because they can make more profits? And because traditionally they're all uh, mostly brick and mortar, so they don't have any experience building a virtual brand. So that's why they can't really yeah. acquire a lot of customers for them to do that. So you uh, saw this opportunity and you want to go in yeah. and say, okay, I'll, I'll build a virtual brand for you. I'll help you to increase the conversion online, get you more customers so that you don't have to rely on DoorDash, Uber Eats. You can build your own channel. Yeah. You can make more profit from that way and build your own delivery channel. Is that you know the, the way that right. you think about also, it? Also, another thing I observed is that right now with Uber Eats and DoorDash, they are very successful. Okay, But what they do is that yeah. they just onboard them to the platform. That's it. They don't do so. For example, they will also send photographers come here take picture, but it's very time consuming. And also, the photo they take, they don't understand. Uh, so it's it's an optional choice, okay? And this uh, and the the photo they can take is very limited. So what Uber is and DoorDash, Hungry Panda, what they are doing, they don't care what's going on afterwards. This restaurant, <laughs> so they don't help them okay. to continuous optimizing advertisement promotion uh, and their how it looks on the digital side, right? So they don't care. They just get them on board it and uh, it rely on the restaurant themselves in order to succeed. It's like Amazon. Amazon just let the merchants on board. That's it. If they want to succeed, they need to learn everything. Okay. If they okay. hire a consultant, that's very expensive. Like a digital marketing mm -hmm. consultant, they need to pay them weekly, monthly. That's lots of money. Working with me, right. I don't charge them anything. That's why this business is very scalable. Hmm. But how can you not charge them uh, anything? Like so, so I think it's a big risk for you to onboard them. So how do you ensure that after you, they sign up, you can uh, give them the conversion that they wanted and bring them more customers so that you can make more money? Okay. So um, I have no problem in terms of getting new customer. So that's why mm. I mentioned that the most uh, important thing in this business is the project management system and our uh, technology. Okay. So right now, um, each restaurant in this uh, working with us, at least their uh, monthly sales will be at least 2,500. Okay. So throughout my virtual brand sale, incremental sales, okay, 2,500. Oh, 2,500, okay. Yeah, monthly. And uh, uh, I already finished my MVP testing, so I already know there's no problem for this business model. 
So MVP okay. testing is the minimum viable product. So it means that we have to show the profitability and the revenue of this business model. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Um, and uh, what what is your you know next steps? You finish your MVP. Uh, I know you're, you're raising more money. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you want to take this product to the next level? Okay. So yeah. I actually right now I already finished my product site. So uh, what I'm doing is that continuously improving the project management system. And uh, later on, I will have more cross-selling points. So I'm going to have a new tab. Like right now, we just have the software site. Okay. We also, okay. Um, for all our clients, I need them to use my own tablets. Right, sure. right now I'm using some other manufacturer tablets. So later on, we need to use our own tablets in order to lower the cost of the uh, overhead. Okay. And what is this tablet helping them to do? Okay. Oh, yeah. I haven't uh, introduced you about this yet. So basically, we, so virtual brand is only, uh, so virtual brand and the sales on virtual brand is the end result. In order to achieve this end result, we are, we have to, make sure the restaurant owner they can simultaneously manage all the order menu price on all different food delivery platform traditionally yeah. if you are only working with the uber eats and you only get the tablets from uber eats so if you have three virtual brands you need to have three tablets from uber eats so this increased the management difficulty for the staff right. whoever working in the restaurant and we mm. lowered this difficulty by providing only one tablet that's integrated with all the food platform. Okay. Mm. This is uh, on the infrastructure side. So sure. uh, on the product side, I have to uh, I have to make sure I can have a tablet coming out very soon. Nice. And in terms of the virtual brand, are they uh, going to have one brand across different platforms, or are they creating, for example, like a new brand that represent? you know, uh, target a different demographic. For example, like uh, if I'm making mm -hmm. um, a Hong Kong Chinese barbecue uh, and towards different demographic, there's probably different preferences in yeah, terms of their incremental markets, ethnic uh, and also categorized health. Okay. And also, um, and also we look into the uh, ethnic uh, distribution in each area. If they're more Korean, we'll have a Korean brand there. Okay, nice. Um, I want to go back to how, how did you, um, start fundraising? Cause I know mm -hmm. fundraising is very difficult, um, especially at this time right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, how did you approach fundraising at the very beginning? Uh, so at the beginning, I don't have anything built yet. So I just yeah. PowerPoints and, uh, talk with Bill, which we just met. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I, I don't know why he invested me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There must be some reason. Yeah, I, I believe so. So probably you got interview Bill. Ah, I got interview Bill. But but you are you did I can introduce him to you too. Yeah. He's very successful sure. uh venture capitalist in Vancouver. All the Chinese okay. entrepreneurs they know Bill Joel, Kingo Capital. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. You just raised it with just a PowerPoint and speaking to him, no product whatsoever. <laughs> and you got the money. Yeah, and uh okay. yeah, basically that's it. And we also have an office and we build the team. Um, before, before talking to Bill, have you talked to other, uh, VCs? Um, before this, actually I tried co-emailing. Uh, I also tried with some VC in the U S but the issue is this. Okay. If I, if my nationality is American, I think I have no problem in getting fundraising, 
at the early, very, very early stage. Okay, but the fortunate mm. I'm a Canadian, so uh, uh, fortunately I'm a Canadian, so I got the fundraising from Canadian venture capitalists because the thing is about ah. working permits. Yeah, like there are Work many permits. restrictions. I believe at the next stage, um, once my I'm expanding, I can easily get investment from US firm, US French, uh, VC firm. Mm. Yeah, this is what I'm planning okay. to do next. For, uh, next, and also I'm going to have another pitch session March 15th in UBC. So they invite me to go over there. Many famous uh, entrepreneur from China, they will also come. So um, so my strategy for for the fundraising at the next step is that I'm going to attend many pitch events and to uh, bring my idea, bring the data to the public. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hope hope you uh, do well on that, man. Um, yeah. I have a yeah, I hope lot so. of but I think at the beginning, the most efficient uh, fundraising approach. Uh, of course, it is by family, but I didn't have any fam- any support from my family in terms of money. So um, I think it is by referral because this VC, I got some big people. They refer me to this VC. So uh, I mean, building some relationship with some uh, entrepreneur community will be very helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- I'm actually running a, a community that's doing a lot of um, um, helping founders fundraise. Mm-hmm. We actually did a pitch event uh, in March, uh, in uh, January. In Gen- I'll let you know more information later. Uh, I'll send you some more details. We, we invite quite a bit of uh, VCs to come mm-hmm. hear you pitch. Definitely. So that might be a good opportunity for you. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I want to go back to you uh, more. So uh, I, I saw you um, writing on LinkedIn quite a bit. And then one of the things that you've written, uh, it's a quote. Um, it says, few people are powerful enough, persuasive, persistent, and charismatic en- enough to change the world all at once. Uh, but the world we can most try to affect is the one immediately around us. Um, why, why do you think you know this quote is um, appealing to you? And why did you post that? Yeah. Okay. So basically what I mean is that... Uh... We have some, like, if we already have some ambition in doing very great thing, but we all only can start small, need to be mm. step by step. So we have to focusing on, uh, within our own ability, what we can adjust first and contribute to the words. And later on, when we have more ability, more resources, then we have a greater impact. So everything, even we have a great goal, everything need to be step by step. We cannot skip, you know. Yeah. What is your, um, how do you say, ultimate goal or like a long time, uh, like a long term goal that you want to achieve? Yeah. Uh, probably I should not uh, talk about my long term goal after ten years. Okay, but I can tell you <laughs> my goal uh, before thirty. Okay, so definitely, yeah. definitely, uh, at least one company has to must be IPO. Okay, so uh, okay. and then, so once I, get, hopefully, I have enough confidence that I can be competitive and succeed in the business file. Um, but later on, I think what I'm going to do is that by using the resources I have, I'm going to um, transfer my focus from pro- for-profit business to non-profits in order to help more people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And after well, why do you want have to- some other plan later on, I will talk, talk with you when I was 30. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Why do you think so? so there's the arguments. Why why do you think uh, non for profit is more helpful? I, I think you know for profit is can e- can be equally helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. Um. Why why non profits? Uh, and a lot of the time, non profit, you know, it's not the most efficient. 
because um, they're not using the capital in the most effective way because they need to seek a way to break even or at least not to make a profit, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the foundation of non-profit, like, I mean, you can do a non-profit business by just doing the fundraising from the public, right? That's pretty inefficient. Um, mm. We, if the person is very smart, he understands how to, uh, how to do, uh, how to support the fund for non-profit uh, organization by the, uh, profit organization he built before i mean it can be very efficient and also i mean uh because in my own opinion i think only earning money by myself is not is far from enough so i mean wow. uh, my goal come to this world is that we're going to make positive impact on all the people around us even for doing for-profit business we're also uh, improving the life quality or addressing some serious issue in the world, right? So later on, I need to really cross um, my ability line in order to do more more stuff. So uh, like a several benefit from doing nonprofit organization, like for example, we are uh, addressing the social issues uh, and we are, uh, yeah, like, yeah, th so addressing the social issue, yeah, like, I mean, those are the things I, I willing to do myself. At my own cost. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an idea, like what, what specific field that you want to focus on? Because you know, uh, humans, time is limited. Like, like um, uh, Bill Gates, right? He he made his money. Okay. Now he's focusing on certain fields uh, that he's doing nonprofit. Probably for. I'm so focusing on doing nonprofit in North America because they are rich enough. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make part of people in South Asia rich first. And they improve their oh. quality. Okay, so this is probably uh, what I'm focusing on, even starting from now. This is okay. also doing like when I do this for-profit business, I'm also helping many people uh, who are in poverty to earn more money. Yeah, mm. and also um, in my own opinion, I think uh, the contribution you you do to the world uh, business is pretty limited. Okay. If we ask any politician, successful politician, what they do, of course, they will say it's non-profit. If they are for-profit for doing the politician, they will not have any chances in uh, having more obligation and responsibility. Mm. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it depends on people. Do you, do you ever, do you want to consider to be politician later on or even join the military? Yeah. Why, why do you think politician um, is important to you? Why, why do you think that matters? Uh, I mean, if I have the ability, uh, I can do greater contribution uh, to the government. Of course, sure. um, uh, of course, being a politician is valuable. If I don't have the ability, then I should not join, you know. So whether or not yeah. ability, I will know after 30, when I get into 30. Right now, there are mm -hmm. eight years left. I think there are yeah. room to growth. Okay. Mm. What about the military? Are, are you are you going to consider joining military or stuff like that? So joining the military is depends on the uh, war situation. Okay, if there are war, <laughs> military. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But but I mean, it will not stop me from continuously learning the military tactic. Yeah, I I only join military when World War Three starts. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that's uh, that that will start. Plus, <laughs> we should not hurt people. I mean, just. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and, um, I, I guess, you know, I'm curious about, 
um, you, you did a lot of stuff, man. When you were 19 years old, you started a business in China mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, get to a millionaire R. And then now you're doing this, finish college in three years. Um, is there a, a thing or like someone that motivated you to um, do all these, like to, to start all the businesses and, and do, uh, you know, make impact? Um, when you go so there are not really someone uh, impact me, not even from my family. I think mm. um, the way I think and uh, the goal I set for myself is all by myself. Sure. Because, uh, I mean, you can be very motivated if you yourself really want to do it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And I think, um, so, and also another reason is that my family itself is not that rich. So uh, if I live, if I born in a very rich family, probably I will not having this type of goal for myself. So uh, only having the experience in poverty first, then you understand, then you gradually will have a, um, then you will work harder in order to pursue your goal, right? So I, I, I think uh, facing some difficulty at the beginning is a, is a pretty good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, uh, what type of person you are, uh, there are one factor will, will, will influence it a lot, is will be strongly depending on what type of, uh, like how your childhood is and how you grew yeah. up from six to 15. So during the mm. time you gradually uh, have an idea for what you want to do next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, did you, you grew up in China, right? Yeah, when up, did you come to Canada? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in China. Yeah. And uh, I think China is pretty competitive. And uh, yeah. actually uh, I am not that happy uh, for the majority of the time uh, that I think oh. China. But the thing is that I don't feel really happy at the time I was living in China, but when I come yeah. to Canada later on, I miss my life in China. And I think all the, uh, issue, like all the issue I have or all the nervous I have before in China, uh, really helped me to improve my ability. For example, in China, it's pretty competitive when you are studying in middle school, in the high school, yeah. uh, they are ranking every week. Yeah, this is pretty hard, but I mean, this really helped me to uh, build a mentality inside my mind that we should always be number one and we should try our best in order to deliver the best result, never say never. So I think Mm. the Chinese education system is also a good contribution factor for what I'm thinking right now. Um, But Mm. I mean, it really depends on the person because someone will crash due to the uh competitive education system but some people will be become stronger it really depends right. i love china okay uh-huh. okay and other than the competitiveness that you mentioned is there anything else that make you not as happy staying there uh okay so staying uh i mean in china i think okay so basically at the beginning my family uh like my 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 dad and mom they get divorced I mean, I, I'm not really living a very happy family before. So that's why okay. at the early stage when I was a kid, I already decided later on, I really need to rely on myself in order to solely rely on myself and in order to make my family happy. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And, and, and that, okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That that's a, that's not an easy. Nothing. Um, yeah. Thing for 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 a child to realize. Yeah. 
you know. So I, I mean, yeah. of course, at the beginning when the family they got separated, um, you will cry, you will be very sad. But later on, you will become very strong yourself because sure. you understand yeah. that you have to rely on yourself, not your mom or your dad. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very you know impressed by what you've done. And uh, one thing I saw I saw your letter on, on LinkedIn to uh, to the Starbucks employee. I think that. I think that was really, really kind they of like that you wrote that. Family. Well, I was in Toronto. Oh, really? My real family. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I saw you wrote there. Thank you so much for being there, like even five thirty every morning. Yeah. So, so yeah. Why, why is why is it that they're such a big, important part to you and your family? Uh, um, well, basically, the reason I like Starbucks so much is not because they're coffee. It's because <laughs> I wake up very early. Is exactly the same time they just open. So I mean, okay. If you can see the face of your friends every morning. Okay. And I mean, you, you gradually will build a strong relationship with them. So like a five thirty, uh -huh. there's no, nearly nobody in Starbucks, but you go there every day, uh -huh. say hello to you and you have a little bit conversation. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, walk, walk me through what your typical day is like. I'm very uh, curious. So before when I was in the college, I wake up, yeah. Five thirty, go Starbucks, and then uh, go to school, doing homework. Come back home, take nap, and then, uh, and then do the homework, and then go back to sleep. Uh, uh, what time? So, What's the timing like? What's the timing? So basically, break I go to sleep yeah. around ten to eleven. So okay. usually ten thirty, and in the morning I wake up five thirty, sometimes five. This is a time when I was in school. Um, Okay, so the reason I wake up very early is because uh, I can take a nap during the middle of the day. Okay, ah. so if you take a nap for 30 minutes, you can already cover all your uh, stress, uh, right? So right now, right now, my um, I think I still need to improve my efficiency. Currently, I cannot really wake up as early as before because ah. running this business is very, very stressful and um, and another reason is because uh, right now in my office, I mean, if I can sleep in my office, I will wake up 5.30, but right now I, I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, <laughs> I start expanding, having my own office, then I can sleep in my office, then I will wake up again 5.30. Uh, okay. Hopefully in the next three to four months. So once I have an office built onto myself, I will start sleeping in my office. Okay. Is there any activities or, or things that you do to help you be more productive? Uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty bad uh, uh, habit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Bring product. <laughs> Bring product. Okay. First on the good side. Okay. Promodora tech. Okay. Work every 24, uh, 25 minutes. Take five minutes break, or or forty minutes, ten minutes break. This is one thing. Um, so another few things help me improve my ability. Uh, Chinese tea coffee and the marble and and what's the third one and the marble marble yeah oh marble oh that the, the uh, cigarette yeah cigarettes yeah uh okay <laughs> that's not healthy <laughs> okay yeah oh um cool that's good man um uh, um you know what, what is the what what do you imagine to be the most productive day like you know if you can get rid of you know the the, the cigarettes and stuff uh yeah of course uh, i already make decision i'll get rid of cigarettes 
before 30. Uh, so after 30, okay. Because right now, after 30. <laughs> right now, it's important for me to have a little bit of cigarette. I'm not a heavy smoker. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And um, um, so, I mean, uh, smoke a little bit of cigarettes will help you self-control. I'm not here promoting Marlboro. Okay. You asked me why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, come yeah. here to advertise Marlboro. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it is... Uh, it is helpful, but it is also bad to your health. Yeah. 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 Never smoke cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, is there any books or things that you currently read or listen to that you would recommend to people who's listening? Uh, yeah. Right now I'm reading the, um, so the uh, Asian Chinese history, which is in the Sui Dynasty, Sui, uh, Sui Dynasty. And uh, yeah, during the meantime, I just read history uh, right now. Okay. Well, uh, like, can you tell people more, like, or tell me more, why is his history very important and why should we all learn more on history? Okay. So, uh, learning history, definitely learn their mistake and why they can succeed before. Um, so, I mean, learning history also help you to build a critical thinking and, and, and analytic scale. Okay. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, that, that, that's great. Yeah. And also, uh, reading history also help you to, uh, understand, um, so like what's the issue in the society before and how it will be similar to what we are living right now. Mm, cool. And uh, last question, if you were to give one advice to people who want to start their business startup, what would that advice be? Uh, so first of all, you really need to do enough research before you move into the field. And then once you get ready, then you just go forward for that and uh, don't say no to yourself. Okay. Sounds good, man. Um, do enough research. Uh, go in. Don't say no to yourself. Thank you, Tim, for um, all these great conversations, knowledge, and advice sharing. Um, it was great talking to you, man. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Frank. All right. No problem. Have a good day. Have a great day. Okay. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ideas Can't Wait podcast. If you have taken something away from this episode and really enjoyed our conversation, it will mean the world to me if you can leave a review on wherever you're listening or watching. It will help this podcast to reach more like-minded people like you. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.